played a great game. I'm, I'm proud. I'm happy for us. We played a really good game. Came up short. Just got a little unlucky at the end, you know. Got a chance. Tumani gets the rebound. He's falling out of bounds. And it's just unlucky, man. You know, we have a chance right there to really keep pressing along. Uh, we've been in transition trying to attack their retreating defense, which, which we've been great at all night. And, uh, man, that was just, just a tough one. This is the stuff we face every night, bro. You know, I understand we're a young team. You know, we play against these veteran teams, but that shouldn't matter. You know, I just want some consistency, man. Same things they call for the other team, I just want them to call the same calls. I just some consistency, man, and we, we just don't get that. You know, and it's really frustrating. But, you know, we, we are a team, we're a no-excuse no team. You know, whatever hand we dealt, we just play it. And do the best we can and see what happens. Hey, this is Chris Murray, and you're listening to The Briefcase with Casey Holdall. Greetings, Blazer fans, and welcome to The Briefcase, episode 69 of The Briefcase. I am Casey Holdall, and that was Chauncey Billups talking about his team's performance and officiating after Portland's 110-106 loss to the Warriors in San Francisco Wednesday night. That game saw the return of Anthony Simons, though DeAndre Ayton missed the game with knee soreness, and Malcolm Brogdon set out the second half, also with knee soreness, and Jeremy Grant was out in the concussion protocol. So while it was nice to get Ant back, it's hard to say that the Blazers have a healthy squad right now. Hopefully that's not going to be too far off. I don't think any of those injuries are especially serious, but as of right now, those players are not in the lineup, or at least they weren't in the lineup Wednesday night. We'll have to see if they're going to be in the lineup on Friday night. But even down three starters, the Blazers led for most of the game and would have likely won that game had there not been a 33-16 disparity in terms of free throw attempts in that game. The Blazers are a young team, which means they're not only going to have to learn how to draw fouls, but also how to earn the respect of the officials. They'll get there, but as of right now, they're not there just yet. I think we've seen over and over again over the last month that the Blazers just not really getting the best shake in terms of the officiating, and I'm not saying the officiating is wrong, but they're just not getting especially lucky in that regard. At some point in time, that will probably change, you would hope. We'll have to wait and see about that, though. But we'll talk about Wednesday's loss. We'll hear from Anthony Simons about his first game back since the season opener and get ready for Friday's game versus the Mavericks on this edition of the briefcase. As I just noted, once again, the Blazers losing 110-106 to the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco Wednesday night. Blazers led for most of that game. I, I think the Warriors didn't have their first lead until late in the third quarter, and even then never held a very large lead, but they were just able to leg Portland out in the fourth quarter. Blazers, not only did they have a free throw disparity, but the Blazers called for way more fouls. Tamani Kamara fouled out. Jabari Walker fouled out. Multiple players finished the game with five fouls. So it makes sense that late in the fourth quarter, maybe not able to play the same way you wanted to play, maybe don't have the same level of fitness as your opponent because you're down multiple players. Again, Malcolm Brogdon didn't play. DeAndre Ayton didn't play. Jeremy Grant didn't play. Duop Reith getting the start at center. Jabari Walker playing backup center and doing a great job, by the way. We talked to Jabari on the last edition of the briefcase and briefly mentioned about him learning how to play that center position. He's doing a great job. I think that really at this point, Jabari's main position might be as a small ball center. Being a switchy 4-5 is a great place for Jabari to be anyways, but it just seems like at that center position, he's really able to take advantage of some of the best parts of his game. Being a guy who's just great at getting to the ball, being a guy who's who's fighting in the post for rebounds, being a guy who can extend his range out to three-point as something we also talked about on the last edition of The Briefcase. So if you didn't listen to that one, go ahead and go back and listen to Jabari, a very good interview there. 
Really like the way he's been playing lately. Really seems like he's starting to take that next step. And he feels the same way as well. Go ahead and listen to that if you haven't already. Blazers starting Anthony Simons, Malcolm Brogdon, Shaden Sharp, Tumani Kamara, and Duop Reith in that game. Would be interesting to know if Jeremy Grant had been available, who would they have started in that game? Would it have been Ant and Malcolm? Would it have been Ant and Shaden? My guess would be there would be Ant and Shaden with Malcolm and Scoot coming off the bench. That is something that I think will help us. You have to keep an eye on here. Hopefully everyone will be healthy. So Chauncey Billups will actually have to make those decisions because as of right now, missing DeAndre, missing Jeremy, hopefully they won't be without Malcolm for too awful long. But if he was hurt enough to not play in the second half, though, that also might just be an abundance of caution as well. I know that they they just can't chance having a guy like Malcolm Brogdon get injured, have something long term. So if they have Malcolm Brogdon in the second half of that game, if they don't shoot 15 or 16 fewer free throws, I think Portland might get that game despite being 13 point underdogs in that game, technically 12 and a half underdogs. Blazers fight hard, play well for the most part. Game's coming down to the wire. Tumani gets a rebound late in the game, starts falling out of bounds, isn't able to get a timeout in, has to throw the ball away, goes to Jonathan Kaminga, ends up in Steph Curry's hands for a three-pointer, as we've seen so many times throughout his career, and particularly against the Blazers. Hits that shot. Warriors end up getting the four-point victory. Hard-fought victory for them, too. And I don't know that necessarily there was a whole lot of people that were especially happy after that game, at least in terms of the Warriors. Granted, they got a win, so that's important. But I think beating a Blazer team with a guy who has only played one game this year, missing at least two starters, three starters, at least in the second half, if you count Malcolm Brogdon, for them to come away with that game with a four-point victory, I don't know there's a whole lot for them to celebrate. As a matter of fact, I think you can make a good argument there's more reason for the Blazers to feel good about that game, even though they lost, than there is for the Warriors to feel good about that game, even though they got the victory. Running down some of the performances in that one, 26 points on 10 of 18 shooting from the field, 4 of 9 shooting from 3, 6 rebounds, 5 assists for Shaden Sharp in 42 minutes. Shaden has really been playing well lately. I feel like on both sides of the ball, really making progress. And I think we're seeing part of that is just his own growth. And part of that is just how important it is to have other guards around you, particularly when you're a young guard, to take some of that pressure off. I feel like Shaden right now is really in a groove offensively, really feels like he is taking that step forward. And I mean, I've already been on record. I, I think that Shaden is going to be the best player on this team at some point in time. He's not there yet. Still a ways away from that, actually but still really making a lot of good progress. Really have to be excited what you've seen from Shaden Sharp over the last couple weeks. 10 points, six rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block for Duop Reith in 22 minutes. Duop, a guy who six weeks ago wasn't in the NBA. Now he's playing significant NBA minutes, still on a two-way contract. I believe they have 50 games before they have to make a decision on that with Duop. But I would say at this point, I think he's more than proven that he is an NBA player And my expectation would be when he does get to that threshold, he probably will be given a full contract. And if nothing else, by next season, if not the Blazers, which I imagine probably will be, but if it's not, I'm guessing another team is going to come in as well. Duop, a guy who's 27 years old, so it's not like you're getting a guy at the beginning of his career, but a guy who can come in and play right away for you. 10 points for him, 6 rebounds, again, in 22 minutes versus a good Warriors team that also plays small, a way for for Duop to have some success there, but a very nice game for him. Tumani Kamara, six points, 13 rebounds, really without DeAndre Ayton out there, a lot of opportunities for Tumani to hit the offensive glass, five offensive rebounds for Tumani in 27 minutes in that game. As I mentioned, he did foul out with six fouls, 
defending Steph Curry, picking him up full court. You love to see it. Obviously, as a rookie, Steph Curry, an all-time great, he is going to get the benefit of the doubt more often than not. But really liked what we saw out of Tumani, a guy who just every single night brings something on either end of the floor that you really need. Can't really say enough good things about what Tumani has done. As I mentioned, Jabari Walker, 12 points, five rebounds, one assist, one steal, and a block in 22 minutes. He also fouled out in that game as well. Chris Murray playing 21 minutes, six points, five rebounds, an assist, and two steals. Really liked what we saw out of Chris. I feel like he's a guy who hasn't gotten a whole lot of opportunity yet. When he's gone in there, it's usually been in garbage time minutes. I think it's hard to build up confidence in that situation. He's played some time in the G League. Seems like he's gotten some reps in. I thought it was a really nice game from Chris. Maybe one of his best games so far. And not really even from a statistical perspective, but just looking like he belonged out there. I was really happy for Chris. Really hoping he's able to get the opportunity to maybe show what he can do. If guys come back healthy becomes a bit of a minutes crunch for a guy like Chris, but it was really good to see him, even a loss, come in and really give this team some good minutes. Matisse Thibault, again, continues his tear. Nine points, three steals, one assist, one rebound, and one block in 31 minutes. He started the second half in place of Malcolm Brogdon. I think a lot of us thought that maybe he might get the start regardless. You understand why they went with Malcolm, who actually didn't end up scoring, played 13 minutes in that game, had two assists and a rebound, but that was it in 13 minutes. Depending on what Jeremy's status is going forward, I could see them maybe going with Matisse starting instead of Malcolm next time, particularly having Malcolm and Scoot together in that second lineup. It's a pretty good lineup to have, so we'll see what direction they go there. Scoot Henderson, nine points, four assists, two rebounds in 26 minutes in that loss as well. And then, of course, you had Anthony Simons in his return to the lineup, 28 points on 10 of 27 shooting from the field, six of 13 shooting from three, Ant's three-pointer as quick and as wet as it has ever been, four assists, one rebound, again, in 37 minutes. He talked about how he actually felt really good uh, out there. thought that perhaps playing nearly 40 minutes after not playing for the last six weeks, obviously with that thumb injury, it doesn't necessarily keep you from being able to do cardio, but not playing in NBA games, there's just nothing that can simulate those things. So for him to come in, play as well as he did in that game versus the Warriors, I think is a great sign for what he's going to be able to do going forward. Obviously, you need to see how his body reacts after that first game. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he's a little sore today, but imagine he'll be ready to go for Friday. He didn't have a minutes restriction, obviously, 37 minutes. He had said at practice, I don't like minutes restrictions. You get into the flow of the game, then you're getting pulled out. I really hope I don't have a minutes restriction. He was correct about that. Scored 28 points on 10 of his 27 shooting. And even then, like he missed some shots, particularly like his little floater his little hook shot where he uses his off arm to kind of shield himself from the defender. Didn't get a whole lot of those to go down on Wednesday night. Those are shots that I'm very confident that once Ant gets a little bit of his rhythm back are going to start going down. Best player on the team. I think he looked that way Wednesday night. And I think a lot of reason to feel like now that he is back in the lineup, as soon as he's able to build some chemistry with these guys, as you're going to hear from him in a minute, he really hasn't played with many of these guys. I mean, if you really think about it, he played with Shaden last year, he played with Jabari last year, everybody else other than training camp and the one game that he played this season, he has had almost no run with these guys. Matisse Thibault as well, obviously. Don't want to forget Matisse, but still, in terms of the guards and the centers, the guys that he's probably kind of playing off the most, just not a whole lot of experience with those guys. So now that he's back in the lineup, 
I think we're going to get a chance to see not only how good Anthony is, but how good he can make some of these other guys on the team once they kind of understand each other's games, understand the way they play. He's able to use his outside shooting to open up things for other players, particularly a guy like DeAndre Ayton when he's able to get back out there. So very good things on the horizon in that regard. Blazers are already playing some pretty good basketball as it is, even if it's not always resulting in wins. But now that they got Ant back and hopefully, fingers crossed that Malcolm Brogdon, DeAndre Ayton, and Jeremy Grant are all able to get back out there soon because if that's the case, then I really think we're going to get a good sense of just what the Blazers have with this team. There's still pieces to be added. There are ways from being the team that they want to be at some point in time, but they're making a lot of progress. And it seems to me that at this point, they're at least a little bit ahead of schedule of where I think a lot of us thought they were going to be. But before we move on, let's go ahead and hear what Anthony Simons had to say in this first game back after having that thumb injury in the season opener. All right, Ant, so first off, uh, just your, your thoughts on the game tonight. Obviously, uh, you guys held the lead for most of the game, right. couldn't hold them off in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, just, you know, just trying to find our rhythm back. Um, I think it's going to be a little, not really an adjustment period, but a little adjustment period of me coming back. And you could tell, like, a little bit um, in the fourth quarter, we didn't have that kind of cohesiveness in the fourth quarter where we wanted what we wanted to do. So um, we just figured that out in the next couple of games. Um, but overall, I liked how we played. We didn't change the way we played just because I came back and, um, you know, that was I was happy about that. I was just, you know, wanted to go out there and compete just how they've been doing it when I was out. So um, overall, I think, you know what I mean, I think I played pretty well personally. Um, there was a couple, couple of plays that I wish I had back um, for sure. But um, overall, I think I was, you know, catching my rhythm, you know, pretty good. Uh, how do you feel like you guys did dealing with free throw disparity tonight? Um, I think, you know what I mean, obviously, I mean, it's a young team, so, you know what I mean, we – we got a lot to figure out when it comes to you know, how to you know go out there and get free throws as well. Um, a veteran team, they know how to they know how to you know play the game. So um, I think we'll get better at that, but uh, we got to just play through it. We can't really control it. Um, and I think that's what we've been doing. We've been playing through it. Um, guys with three and four fouls, four and five fouls in the fourth quarter, and uh, we just been keep, keep battling. Um, you know, throwing guys in. The guys been stepping up and playing well. Chris played well today. Came in and we needed him. He made some big threes for us. So. Um, you know, that's what, we, that's what we're looking for. Can you talk more about just how, how you felt to, to start the game, uh, obviously getting the start? I think you played almost 40 minutes tonight. A little bit of a slow start seemed like for me offensively, but it seemed like you, you kind of started to find your, your rhythm as the game went on. Right, yeah. There was a couple, t- a couple of shots that I liked that didn't fall, but, um, you know, I felt like I was getting the right shots for, for me. And then in the second half, I just wanted to, uh, you know, just, you know, get us into a good rhythm. So um, I hit, I had a three, and then they started, they started blitzing, and I started just hitting the pocket um, a whole bunch of times. We started, you know, gaining momentum from there, and I kind of just was kind of easing into the game at that point. So I was finally kind of finding the rhythm on how I want to approach each and every game, and um, it's going to get better each and every game um, for me, just how I approach it and when spots to be aggressive and when to make to make, make the plays for others. So um, I think you know it was a good start today for sure. Obviously, you played one game. You've had some practices, but how would you say your chemistry is with, with the lineup? Because a lot of these guys, you know, you, you haven't played a whole lot with. That's what I'm saying. We literally had, well, training camp if you count that, but, um, you know, just two practices up. And, you know, I thought, you know, I thought we played pretty well based off of that. You know what I mean, they really haven't, we haven't really gone over how teams played me. So um, we, only, we did that for the past two days and we kind of thrown into it and it, we've seen it today, you know, a whole bunch. So. Um, I like how the guys, you know, adjusted to it, and we made some good plays off of it for sure. Um, you know, like I said, it was you know a veteran team, and um, we kind of, you know, sure up with some some stops that we had to get, um, and then some miscommunication on offense that we need to you know, sure up. 
Uh, obviously, no DeAndre tonight. You lose Malcolm after the first half. How do you feel like you guys did dealing with, with losing some of those guys due to injury? Uh, like I, we've been doing all season. We've been we've been playing well regardless of who's who's playing or who's not. You know what I mean? And now, you know, one man goes down, somebody else steps up. Like I said, Chris stepped up today. But Barry played amazing today, like he always been doing. So all the young guys were playing well, um, playing with a lot of energy and, and just, you know what I mean? Obviously, like I said, you know what I mean? We, we're getting to know each other a little bit more now that I'm, I'm back. And, um, you know, just to get get better in the fourth quarter um, when things kind of slow down and we need, you know, good possessions. How would you say your your wind was tonight? I mean, because you go from not having played in six weeks to again almost playing forty minutes tonight. I felt surprisingly great. I told yeah, I told I told CB. I said in the fourth quarter he was he was thinking about taking me out for a second. I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm just gonna try to pace myself a little bit in the fourth quarter. And I think I did fairly well. I didn't really like get like exhausted until like one minute left in the game, and so. I think I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that I, I wasn't as tired as I was, so that's good. Uh, and I guess just going forward, what are you kind of hoping to build on from this game? Um, just like I said, just that, just that four quarter uh, chemistry. Um, like I said, we get we get our guys back, and we get J- Jeremy who's spacing the floor. We get we get uh, Da back. We get Malcolm back, and we just be able to play a much you know better game and you know spread it out a little bit. Um, and be able to execute at a high level. So there you go. A good return for Ant. A pretty nice game for the Blazers, even though they didn't get the victory. And again, I, I think you feel good about what you saw in that game, both from the team and from Ant for knee, from Jabari, from Shaden, from Matisse, from Tumani, from Duop. Again, a lot of good performances in that one. Didn't get the result you wanted, but it's still a pretty good game. Hopefully Harbinger of good things going forward. Trailblazers hosting the Mavericks on Friday in the first game this season between both of those teams. They end up playing them again, I think, a week or two later. This is the second game added to the Portland schedule because of the in-season tournament. 7 o'clock start time on that one. Root Sports. Tickets available if you haven't gotten them already. Check it out. What we don't know yet, though you might know by the time you listen to this podcast, who is going to be available for that game. Running down the Portland injury news, Jeremy Grant still in the concussion protocol as far as we know. That's usually a multi-day process. Not sure where he is in terms of that protocol. Saw him at practice on Tuesday before the team flew out. Looked like he was not having any symptoms. In fact, he must not have been having any symptoms because if you do still have symptoms, you can't be at the practice facility as I understand the protocols. So he is progressing in that respect. Not sure he's going to be available for Friday. We'll find out around 5 o'clock on Thursday. Same with Malcolm Brogdon and DeAndre Ayton, both of whom sat out, won the whole game, the other half the game with right knee soreness. Not sure exactly what the nature of either one of those injuries is. You hope it is just general soreness. Hopefully it's not some indicator of a worse injury. Both those guys, again, I'm guessing they're going to really take their time to make sure they're both fully healthy. But if I had to guess, at least one of those guys plays. I'm not sure which one, but I bet at least one of them is able to suit up on Friday night. Again, we'll find out about their statuses Thursday afternoon. Ish Wainwright still out. Same with Robert Williams III. I believe that's about it. So again, Blazers getting closer to having as full of a squad as they're going to have this season. Not there just yet. You would hope if not by the game on Friday versus the Mavericks, then with two days off before facing the Clippers in Los Angeles on Monday, you would hope at that point in time, maybe all the guys are back, maybe able to give the best shot to that Clipper team that defeated the Blazers on opening night. Moving on, since there was only one game in between our last recording, not a whole lot new to update in terms of Portland's offensive defensive rating. They're still 30th in offensive rating, which is unchanged from last time we checked in. And they are now 11th in defensive rating, which is actually one spot worse than last week, even though their defensive rating didn't really change a whole lot. 
It's just the other teams around them moving around a bit. Not a whole lot changed there, but again, Blazers around the top 10 in defense, still at the bottom of the league in offense, but that seems to be improving a bit with Anthony back out there. I imagine that is going to give them quite a bit of an improvement in terms of their offensive efficiency. Granted, there's only so much one player can do. And with 20, 20 something odd games now, it's going to take a little while to get that to go up. But I think we're going to see as they get healthier, the offense flowing much better. It seems to me like their offense is just running better now anyways. The offensive rating hasn't necessarily caught up to that, but it seems to me that they are playing better on that side of the ball, and it seems like it's trending in the right direction. But to pull out a few other statistical notes, since not much has changed in terms of offensive defensive rating, the Blazers lead the league in opponent turnovers at 17.0 per game. Teams are also shooting the second worst percentage from three versus the Blazers at 32.9%, which is great considering the Blazers have been one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the NBA. At least they're not losing out a whole lot in that. But wait, they have actually moved up in that regard. The Blazers are now 28th in three-point percentage at 33.6% for the season after being ranked 30th for most of the year so far. They are ahead now of both the Lakers and the Grizzlies in terms of shooting from three. That is great news. Hopefully that continues to go up as well. Again, with Anthony Simons back in the lineup, you imagine it probably will. And finally, even though they didn't win, the Blazers did manage to cover in Wednesday's loss to the Warriors. They were 12 and a half point underdogs and lost by six. The Blazers are now a 10 and 10 versus the spread this season and have won five of their last six games versus the spread. And I think it just goes to show that the idea of what this team is right now does not really match the idea of what they are on the court. As in, I think there's this assumption that they're still a bad team, that they're a tanking team, that they're a team that is not going to be able to keep things close. A few weeks ago, when they had everyone injured, when Ant was out, when Malcolm was out, when Scoot was out, yes, the opportunity for the Blazers to even backdoor cover, really not there with the personnel they had available. That is not the case right now. They are competitive in these games. They are giving teams everything they can handle. They're maybe not coming away with wins, but they're a lot better than a team that over and over and over again has had double-digit spreads. As I mentioned, the Blazers have won five of their last six versus the spread, and look at some of these spreads too. Versus the Warriors, 12.5 point dogs. Versus Cleveland, 11.5 point dogs. Versus Indiana, 11.5 point dogs. Milwaukee, 12.5 point dogs. Those are pretty big lines. And those are good teams that they're playing, and they're playing them on the road. But it seems to me that the people in Vegas who really know what they're doing for the most part haven't really caught up to how improved this team has been over the last couple months under Chauncey Billups. And as they get healthier, I think we're going to see those spreads coming down. And at a certain point, the Blazers are going to be favored in a game. I don't think they're going to be favored in the game versus the Mavericks on Friday. They're definitely not going to be favored in the game versus the Clippers in Los Angeles on Monday. But next week, when they host the Utah Jazz, that's the one right now for me where it seems like maybe they will be favored for the first time this season. But either way, a team that is playing much better. And I think, again, their record versus the spread as of late gives one the indication that we might know a little bit more about this team than everyone else on the outside does. When you're a team like Portland, you don't get covered the same way that other teams get covered necessarily. So there's a little more mystery. The guys being in and out of the lineup is obviously going to change things. When DeAndre Ayton came back as doubtful for that game, I'm sure that that changed the line versus Golden State as well. But either way, the Blazers probably should have won that game few things break their way they do win that game so for them to be 12 and a half point underdogs in that one I won't say it's disrespectful but it just doesn't really seem to me that the odds are on par with where the Blazers are at right now because again 
four of their last five games, they've been at least 11.5 point dogs, and they've beat the spread in each one of those games. Draw your own conclusions. And that is going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase, episode 69 of The Briefcase. Thank you so much for joining me, as always. We'll be back next week. Blazers spending a lot of time at home in the month of December. They only have two more road games in the entire month, one-off games at the Clippers and at the Golden State Warriors later on in the month. So plenty of time at home to try to get right, get healthy, and really play some good basketball in front of their home fans, getting Ant back. Hopefully Malcolm will be back. Hopefully DeAndre will be back. Hopefully Jeremy will be back. Get out to the Moda Center. Check this team out. They're playing a fun style of basketball. They're playing hard. They're an interesting team. It's a good way to spend your December. Good way to spend some time with the family at the holidays is at Moda Center watching the Portland Trailblazers. So come out. See me there. Sit at the same spot every single game, section 113. Holler at me if you happen to be walking by. Come say hello, even if you don't have to be walking by. And thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next week. Go Blazers.